Hello, cyber friends. This is Chatting Cyber, and I'm your host, Mark Shine. This podcast focuses on how companies can help qualify and quantify the cost of a data breach. Chatting Cyber features some of the most well-respected privacy and cyber experts in the world. Join the conversation with business leaders, government agencies, and cyber experts to learn more about how and why they got into this ever-changing field that we call cyber risk. Hello, cyber friends. I am Mark Shine and the cyber co-chair of the Cyber Center of Excellence here at Marshall McLennan Agency and the host of the chat. Cyber, cyber celebrity is Edwin Alprin. Edwin, thanks for coming today. So, hey, so Edwin, Great you know, we, we, we were talking, you know, prior to the show starting and, and, you know, I think it's a great story, you know, nine year old uh, uh, Ukraine boy uh, comes to the United States now leading perhaps one of the most advanced cyber actuarial teams to date. H- how did, how did it all come to be? Um, well, yeah, it was, it was an interesting journey. Um, Coming here to, to the United States um, from Ukraine, uh, I think my, my parents came because they wanted to seek economic opportunities in the United States. Um, it's probably the best country in the world for that. Um, so came here, didn't know the language, had to learn it, you know, pick it up really quickly. Um, studied in school, I was pretty good at math, pretty good at statistics. And um, one of my friends recommended that I look into actuarial science. It's a, it's a great career. Um, you know, great place to apply uh, knowledge of mathematics and statistics to the, to the insurance world. Um, and that's how I became an actuary and um, uh, worked at a few large carriers. I worked at Zurich Insurance Group uh, as a pricing actuary. That's where I first came into contact uh, with cyber insurance. Um, then I moved on to AIG to work in their enterprise risk management department. Uh, and after that, I moved over to Veris Analytics, where I've been for over three years now, um, leading their um, cyber actuarial team. Sure. So, no, like that's very impressive. A very impressive resume. Let me ask you, um, you know, from 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 your time at uh, at two major cyber insurance players, you know, you're talking about AIG and Zurich. Um, what did you learn there that helped you become uh, uh, the lead cyber actuary at Verisk? Um, well, I learned a lot about the product. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it was a, a very, you know, evolving product when I started out working on it. Um, this is when, um, you know, right around when Target and Home Depot, um, breaches uh, occurred and, um, r- right around when cyber insurance really started picking up, uh, the penetration rates, uh, started going up. Uh, the product started evolving more rapidly with uh, different coverages coming into into play. Um, so the the you know the policy form started uh, expanding. Um, so it was a really interesting time uh, as an actuary working with the product staff and the underwriters uh, and the claims folks to um, you know figure out how to get a handle on the on the pricing for, for this product. Um, and um, you know, looking at all the different data sources, looking at the internal claims, at external events, um, publicly known events, uh, looking at white paper research, trying to really pull all that together to, um, you know, get get a handle on on it and understand how to quantify the risk. So that's that's where that's where I was at. Um, you know, uh, 
working at these two large carriers, trying to trying to you know figure that out. Um, and at uh, various analytics, that's that's what I'm continuing to do, and it's it's a really exciting time um, for that. And um, uh, yeah, it's still very much developing. So let's take a step back. Um, you see, you're talking about actual science. For, for the folks that are the listeners uh, today that don't know what actual science is, can you just explain to them, you know, what kind of classes you're taking? It, if, you become, if you study actual science, is the only road to become an, uh, an actuary? Um, what's, what's kind of the, 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 the logic of behind the, the, the major? Um, so uh, an actuary, just to put it um, very broadly, is somebody who quantifies risk. Um, and then, you know, I work in insurance. Uh, I work with, there's actuaries that work outside of insurance, but most of them work in insurance. Um, there's life and health actuaries, there's property and casualty actuaries. Um, for me, uh, what that means is that I work on the pricing side. So I'm trying to, basically what I'm doing is I'm building pricing models that help companies determine how much premium to charge for different policies, right? And this, in my case, cyber insurance policies. Um, so to be an actuary, you don't necessarily have to study actuarial science. Um, you know, there's many different paths to, 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 to get to this point, um, but you do have to be good at uh, taking exams or at least um, suffering through the exam process. Um, so there's, I had to take at least 10 exams to, to get my full certification, which is a fellow of the Casualty Actuary Society. Um, and that's a pretty long journey. So if you have the patience uh, and the, the will to get through that exam process, um, you, you know, you could be an actuary, but um, you also have to be, you know, pretty good at, uh, at math and statistics and, and you know, that those courses help. So a lot of people that are, uh, you know, either engineers or uh, math teachers, things like that, you know, they, they, they become actuaries as well. Sure. So, so I guess, um, you know, since, since you're the one helping price the modeling, I mean, what is, we've seen such a, a change since you've been in the cyber insurance business, you know, roughly what, 10 years, something like that. When we think about the next 10 years, being from a modeling side, from a predictive analytics side, um, you know, and again, you know, open conversation and, and, you know, we understand this is not your company's uh, opinion. What's the, uh, the, the mindset of cyber risk over the next 10 years? Yeah, I mean, fr from the modeling uh, standpoint, it's, it's a really uh, exciting time. Uh, f to be in, this, in cyber insurance. Um, cyber insurance is unique in that there is so much data uh, associated with this line of business uh, compared to uh, other tr more traditional lines of business. Um, also cyber insurance policies are pretty broad in scope. So there's, you know, 10 to 20 different coverages on a, on a standard cyber policy and that's continuing to expand. Um, but th there is a lot of data. So, uh, you know, we have traditional insurance data like policies and claims. Uh, we have uh, publicly known cyber uh, incidents um, that we can gather, uh, you know, either scraping the, the web or, you know, there's vendors that collect that information, uh, hundreds of thousands of events. Um, there is uh, technographic information about individual companies. So information about a company's cybersecurity posture, right? Um, and, um, you know, we're collecting, you know, many, many data points on hundreds of thousands of 
and millions of companies out there in the world about what is their cybersecurity posture like. Um, you know, information about um, any vulnerabilities or malicious activity, their IT hygiene, their email security, um, you know, all of these data points um, are, are really um, interesting and really useful to, to look at. Um, so I think, you know, at this point, there, there's, there's a lot of data and right now what a lot in the industry are doing and working on is um, looking through that data and trying to figure out what is predictive of loss and what isn't. So is there a signal or is there just noise? Um, and I think, um, you know, the, the cyber line, line of business, cyber insurance line of business uh, is, is, is going to be one of the most sophisticated, one of the most um, complex lines of business from an insurance uh, pricing standpoint out there because of all this data um, that we have on all these companies. Um, and um, right now it's, it's, you know, we're still kind of in the early stages of quantifying the risk, um, both uh, on an individual risk level, but also on a portfolio level. You know, if, if a company has a large portfolio, um, how does that portfolio react to different potential scenarios out there that, you know, like not Petya or WannaCry or other kinds of scenarios. Um, so yeah, so I would say it's a really exciting time to, to be in the space and um, really the analytics uh, is, is going to evolve, uh, you know, very rapidly over the next 10 years. Yeah, you know, I, I would agree when we speak to the cyber carriers, you know, one of their, their obviously one of their largest concerns is that aggregation risk. So what you're doing for the industry is truly commendable. So thank you. And um, let me ask you, um, so you talked about looking at risks from a macro level, you know, from a, a carrier's book, as well as from an individual risk perspective. Is there any one trend that you have seen that will make uh, an insured or a book of business a better risk or, or a worse risk where you would say we need to change the modeling? Is there, is there one piece that you can give our listeners that, you know, they may want to consider to help from a, an actuarial science standpoint? Um, if there's, yeah, if, if there is, um, uh, so, so talking about, um, I guess things that, uh, a, an insured can do to minimize their, their risk of, of loss basically. Right. Um, yes. So, I mean, there, we, we look at a number of different, um, variables, um, you know, when, uh, pricing a cyber policy, um, so, or quantifying cyber risk. Um, so on the uh, firmographic side, I think that the drive, the dr real drivers of your price or your premium is how large you are as a company and um, uh, in, in the industry that you're in, right? So whether you're, uh, you know, the larger you are, obviously the higher the expected loss and, if you're in an industry like finance or insurance or healthcare or whatever, that's that's really going to be the driver of your premium. Uh, unfortunately, a company can't change, you know, how big they are or or which industry they're in, right? So uh, the other factors that we that we look at um, are on the technographic side, so on the technology side. Um, this is based on the data that we collect. So um, are there any open ports that a company has that should be closed? Uh, does the company have P2P, you know, file sharing enabled? Um, does the company have DMARC, uh, SPF, DKIM uh, implemented um, for, for email security? 
um, you know, does uh, does the company have any high severity vulnerabilities, and what what is the patching cadence like? Um, so these are, I would say, the the you know the main um, you know uh, variables that that go into quanti quantifying cyber risk. Um, there's others, um, and and then there's there, there's there's things that are hard to capture as data points, but I think. Um, are, can be captured via questionnaire, via credits and debits that that, that uh, underwriters use on, an, on a questionnaire or in an interview with a company. And they try to gauge a company's cybersecurity culture. So do they have, uh, you know, an experienced CISO uh, in place? Do they have an incident response plan? Do they uh, do tabletop exercises? You know, um, you know uh, things like that, you know, really, help to get a better understanding of a company, company's cybersecurity culture. Um, but unfortunately, it's, it's a little more difficult to collect as, as a data point because it's more of, um, you know, kind of that's not something that you can scan and find out. You know, it's, it's funny you were talking about the questionnaire and, and expanding the questionnaires. You know, when I'm talking to the carriers, oftentimes I'm saying, how do we get it to a one pager? If we're on a one pager, how do we get it down to 10 questions? If we're at 10 questions, how do we get it down to seven? So yeah, it's yeah, yeah. From, from the other perspective, um, let's change gears. You know, so so we've been out of out of the office now for I don't know eleven months, uh, close to it at this point. Um, return to work. So the fact that we all are working remotely, we have personal devices connected to corporate uh, corporate devices. You know, my personal printer is connected to my corporate laptop, things like that. How do you how, how from an actuarial science perspective, uh, is this keeping you up at night? Is this something that you've already priced into the models? Um, if you could touch upon, you know, kind of the, the outsourced return to work piece, that would be great. Yeah, no, it's, it's so the challenge with, uh, actuarial science and, and, and pricing is that it's, it tends to be a little uh, backward looking. So we, we look at the historical events and then we look at trends, um, in, in frequency and severity. And then we try to forecast, you know, based on that information, what the what the price should be for you know in the next year or something like that, um, you know if I was in 2019 building a model uh, for 2020, uh, I would not necessarily be able to pick up that quick rise in sure. in ransomware, right? Or we had a period of time, um, I think it was in 2019 or 2018 where crypto jacking was was on the rise, right? And that's something completely new. That's that you know has not been able to be priced in. So, um, so it's it's interesting in this space in the cyber insurance space. It's important to uh, you know update pricing models more frequently. I would say than you know more traditional lines of business because it's evolving so rapidly. Um, but yeah, I mean as you're aware, you know with the with everybody working from home, um, you know ransomware this year has been on the rise significantly. Um, that's something that um, I don't think people uh, expected, especially, and I don't think it was really priced into their uh, pricing models. Um, so, but you know, working on a, uh, so we're going to be working on an update in uh, 2021. That's something that we're going to take into account for you know the rise in ransomware, the rise in uh, other types of uh, attack vectors, cyber crime, um, you know, funds transfer fraud, like uh, all these different coverages. Um, so, so, so that's something we'll take into account, um, but we also have to look at what are the other, you know, the other parts of a cyber policy: security breach, 
uh, regulation, uh, regulatory fines and penalties, um, you know, those coverages as well, you know, what's going on with them, you know, ransomware is on the rise, but uh, security breaches, you know, we haven't had our, you know, really big ones like we had in the past, but they're still happening and, and data is still being exposed. Um, so how how is that, you know, coverage being affected um, and then changing as well? Sure. Uh, let me ask you before before I, I, I let you go, um, one piece that I really wanted to, 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 to touch on in today's conversation, you hit on ransomware. And, you know, the carriers now are starting to have questions with respects to, do we do a supplemental application for ransomware? Do we sublimit ransomware? And then there's even been conversations regarding co-insurance and ransomware. Um, any, any thoughts with respects to the way that, you know, um, the conversations that you're having with your clients? Well, uh, you know, we've seen the market hardening, you know, uh, this year, uh, rates have been going up 10 to 20%. Um, you know, over the past few years, we've, uh, you know, in the past ransomware was sublimited, uh, the, the sublimit, uh, went up to the full limit of the policy. Uh, and now there's conversations of, of, of sublimating it again. Um, personally, I, I'm in favor of providing, you know, as much coverage as the, uh, insured needs and, um, 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 you know, also uh, char charging appropriately for it, right? So right now, I think it's a good time to charge appropriately because the market is open to higher rates. So if if uh, the insured needs that coverage um, and a higher limit for ransomware, they should be provided that. Um, you touched on a, a sublim, um, a co-insurance. Um, I, I haven't uh, seen a lot of those, uh, you know, in, in, out in the market yet. But I think it's, it's I think it's a great idea um, because. Um, uh, you know, right now, if if there is a demand for um, a, a ransom from from a uh, from a, a, a hacking group or a criminal, uh, uh, you know, the insured the insured the company has no incentive to you know really you know negotiate that lower or explore other avenues of um, you know maybe um, you know using um, you know backed up data or backed up information that they have, right? It's way easier to just pay that uh, demand uh, to get up and running quickly. But if they have some skin in the game and, uh, you know, they have to pay a certain percentage of that ransom demand, then maybe they'll do a calculation in their, in their mind, uh, you know, is, is it maybe it's more cost efficient to actually use our backups or to try to get, get our systems up and running ourselves without paying the demand. So. I think that's a great idea, and I, I, I am in, in favor for, of that. It, it will certainly be interesting to see the way that the market develops over the next year. You know, when we speak to our, our clients, oftentimes they'll say is, you know, the reason why we need to pay this is effectively we need to get back up and running. Our business income loss can supersede whatever this ransom demand is. Um, granted, some of these ransom demands are getting, you know, seven figures, eight figures. We're seeing that now, you know, fairly regularly. Um, but um, that that's always been the the kind of the the the, the give and take, if you will. Um, so my last question, you know, we've talked about a lot, we've covered a lot of bases. Is there anything that I should have asked you today that I didn't? That's uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, I, I would say, you know, one you know one thing that I'm I'm really passionate about that I've been working on for the past couple of years is the uh, various cyber data exchange. I think we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of companies writing cyber, uh, you know, cyber insurance. Um, 
and, and, and there's a few companies that have been doing it for a long time, but um, the majority of them that are writing it today uh, don't have a lot of data that they can use, that they can leverage to kind of make better decisions or make, you know, better uh, you know, to, to use in their pricing models or, mm -hmm. or quantifying risk. Um, so what we're, what we're trying to do is we're aggregating cyber insurance data from across the industry and providing that uh, summarized uh, view back to the participating companies. So, um, you know, we've, we've gained a lot of traction this year um, and next year is looking, you know, really good for the initiative as well. It's the global initiative. So we have interest from um, really, you know, all continents uh, across, the, across the world. Um, and yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm really excited about it. I think it's gonna be great for the industry um, for companies to have more insight and clarity into the cyber insurance market uh, about the different trends and uh, different um, metrics, um, historical as well as on a perspective basis. So yeah, I just wanted to share that um, with your audience and with you and um, something that I think was, um, this is gonna be a really great and, and valuable um, resource for companies. Excellent. Well, once it comes out, we'd love to have you come back on and, and kind of talk about how it's actually working in practicality and things like that, if you'd be open to it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Edwin, thank you for coming on this show and chatting cyber with us. All right, Mark. Thanks a lot. Great being here.